cutting edge guest. Awesome, uncensored, jaw dropping information, plus funny memes, good deeds, and blades of laughter. Kind of have it all. Ladies and gentlemen, if your soul is awake, then welcome because you're in the right place. All right, welcome back to the Sovereign Soul Show, you divine lions and lionesses. I'm your host, Brad Wozni. You know, I've had that little stint I did in the Canadian Infantry as Light Infantry Soldier, Wildfire Fighter, then in the Ontario Ministry of Natural Resources as a Fire Ranger in Ontario and the Yukon, and that was many, many years ago. And I'm also a firstborn Canadian because I'm the grandson of Polish-Ukrainian immigrants who fleed the Blitzkrieg, the Waffen-SS, during the Blitzkrieg. World War II, as well as my mother's parents in France, fleed Nazi-occupied Europe. And welcome back to the show, these literal heroes for humanity, the father-son of Pastor Arthur Pawlowski and Nathaniel Pawlowski. They've been on the show before many times. Arthur's video, we've seen 1 billion views about the Nazis in the church. And gentlemen, before we you know, roll into your introductions and give everybody the world an update today, nearly at the two-year anniversary of the Freedom Convoy in Canada, why don't I just roll over to that video, which really sets the tone for what's going on right now, both in Canada as a cornerstone for the rest of the world. So here we go. This is on Rumble on Arthur's channel, because it's no surprise, he's been shadow banned and removed from YouTube. So here we are, dear souls. And if you have any children in the room, this is not one for them to hear. Not for the bad language, but for the energy. Please get out. Get out of this property. Immediately get out. Get out of this property. Immediately. Out. I don't want to hear anything. Out of this property. Immediately. I don't want to hear a word. Out. Out. Out of this property. Immediately until you come back with a warrant. Out. 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 Out of this property, immediately out. Immediately go out and don't come back. Don't, I don't want to talk to you. Not a word. Out of this property. Out of this property, immediately out. I don't care what you have to say. Out. Out. Out of this property, you Nazis. Out. Out. Gestapo is not allowed here. Immediately, Gestapo is not allowed out. Do you understand English? Get out of this property. Go. So go. Go. And don't come back without a warrant. Out, Nazi. Out. Out. You understand? Nazis are not welcome here. Out. And don't come back without a warrant. Do not come back without a warrant. You understand that? You're not welcome here. Nazis are not welcome here. Gestapo is not welcome here. Do not come back, you Nazi psychopaths. Unbelievable, sick, evil people. Intimidating people in a church during the Passover. You Gestapo, Nazi, communist, fascists. Don't you dare coming back here. Can you imagine those psychopaths? Passover. The holiest Christian festival in a year. And they're coming to intimidate Christians during the holiest festival? Unbelievable. What is wrong with those sick psychopaths? It's beyond me. 
We know what's wrong with them. They are satanic pedophiles, the majority of them, and we are in a spiritual war. And if there's anybody who has ever graced this show as a guest who knows what it's like growing up in a notified country, it's this man, this hero right here, Pastor Archer Pavlowski, and also seeking seeing that oppression himself too, Nathaniel, as we've had another show. So Pastor Archer, would you just remind our audience a little bit about your upbringing and why you came to Canada saying it was a beacon of freedom at the time, for which now we know it's probably one of the horrific country, most horrific countries in the world to live in. Well, thank you so much for having us on your show. Again, it's, it's always an honor and privilege to be able to share our story and why we are sharing it, because we don't want others to be subjected to this type of totalitarian regime. Knowledge is power. Information is power. And that's what is being attacked in our school system. They don't want the kids to know history, because if you know what happened before, most likely you're not going to repeat the same mistakes today. Again, knowledge is power. So I don't know if you noticed this woman, she was the leading person in the province of Alberta, if it comes to attack on the churches, the health inspector, she came with the jack boots. Also, I don't know if you noticed that there were six of them, right? I find this quite interesting that it was not five, it was not seven, eight people, but six to come to trespass, to break the criminal code of Canada and enter the holy place. Six, it's a very powerful a symbol, a symbolic number. Well, as you can tell, I grew up behind the Iron Curtain. I have seen this atrocity before. I have seen the totalitarian regime growing up under the boots of the Soviets. But also, I remember that from the older gener- generation, grandparents, about what the Nazis did. And I'm telling you, the similarity to what we are observing right now is, is astonishing. It's almost copy-paste. Yes, you have different faces, you've got different names, but the modus operandi is identical. Why did I call them Nazis? Why did I call them Gestapo? And at that time, three years ago, that was a shocker for a lot of people. I was immediately I became a hero for those that were oppressed, and I have become even a bigger enemy to the oppressors. They were highly offended by me comparing them to the Nazis. Why? Because no one likes the comparison. What is a Nazi? A Nazi is a totalitarian representative. What is a Gestapo? Gestapo is simply a political police, a police that used to work for the people, used to represent the people, used to defend people, you know, to serve us, the community. After all, we pay them their salaries. Now they are political police. What that means, they don't work for the people that they swore to protect. They work for the government entity. No different than mafia, no different than gangsters. So you've got the boss, the mafia boss or Al Capone, whatever, El Chapo, you know, whatever you want to call them. And then you have the muscle. 
in a, a government, it should be differently. In government, the law should be the highest standard. Those people with badges and guns should have the highest standard of all the people within the country. To be a police officer, or as we call them, the peace officer, was supposed to be the highest honor in the country. Of course, that goes with the judges and the so-called representative of the people, the servants of the people. Everything is flipped upside down right now. We are, we've lost democracy. We are living in a soft totalitarian regime where it's what they say goes, not what the law says, not what the constitution says, not what the Charter of Rights and Freedoms stands for. By the way, which we have the preamble to our Charter of Rights and Freedoms that says, whereas Canada acknowledges the supremacy of God and the rule of law. So I grew up in a scenario like this. I've seen this the police officers beating people for no reason just because the people disagreed with the totalitarian regime. I've seen the arrests. I've seen the martial law uh, police with machine guns. And what we observed, especially during the truck convoy, was identical to what I saw growing up. People were beaten, trampled by horses. Police officers came with the whole gear, pointing machine guns at children, praying, you know, playing a hockey, street hockey, uh, people feeding each other, loving each other, crying with each other, singing with each other. And then you've got this police force dressed in black, pointing machine guns at the peaceful protesters, calling them terrorists. So all of those different things we've seen in, you know, in history, when you study the Nazi regime, people like us, people that were standing for God, for country, for family, for, you know, law, were called bandits. I remember the Nazis always called the police, Polish resistance, the bandits, the bandits attacked, the bandits did this. And when Soviet took over in 1945, that was identical. They, we were, people like us were called criminals, bandits, you know, lawbreakers, troublemakers. <laughs> so it's, I mean, that's why I said what I said, because a Polish man can see it clearly. Maybe if you were born here and you did not hear anything about history from your parents or grandparents, maybe you're completely, you know, disattached to reality and you're still want to live in your bubble, uh, everything is okay, everything is good, government is for us, not against us. And maybe that was the case 50 years ago, but that's definitely not the case today. Those people are against you, they are hurting you. And I think what's most important is you have to realize that they are hurting your children. So if you don't care about yourself, if you don't care about your parents, well, I would say at least... I mean, the bare minimum, you should care about the future of your children because one day, maybe soon, you're going to die and you're going to leave this mess in the hands of your children and your grandchildren. Are you okay with that? That's why I did my best with my family to visualize, if you will, what was happening. The arrests in the middle of the highway them storming the church, blocking the parkway, you know, all those different things. I was doing my best to draw a parallel. Look, 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 people, look what's happening. Okay. Do you see what I see? And now 
as you know, pretty much the language I was using that shocked the Western civilization so much is being used regularly. There are people right now that criticized me three years ago are using the same language. Look, this is Nazi. This is Soviet. I mean, this is a hydra, as I call it, a body of many heads. So, you know, it is what it is. We keep plowing and we keep fighting and the fight is not over. It's it's definitely not over. And thank you for what you've been through. Before we talk about you know, Tucker visiting Alberta with Danielle Smith, who did nothing to pardon you from the 55 days in prison, 50 of them sentenced, spent in solitary confinement, which I find really interesting. She did nothing there. She's also not doing anything about the free fentanyl for kids or the woke libraries with these hermaphrodite transvestite men shaking their penises in the front of the faces of kids, which by the way, which is a, an interesting segue to reintroduce Nathaniel back to the program, who on our last show, that was one of your recent arrests, was reading the Bible in front of the Calgary Public Library, 100 meters away from that woke story time, Nathaniel. And now you're running for political office and literally, you know, as a man of God and a son right here, I think you are an incredible dynamic duo. I just find it really interesting. Tucker Carlson's people haven't reached out to either of you men who have been massively persecuted in Canada behind the Iron Curtain. But maybe we'll talk about that. Nathaniel, please welcome back to the show, my friend. Yeah, well, thank you for having me again. The reality is I grew up in a very different Canada than many other people. I I keep telling people, like, you have your rights and freedoms. Everyone is free in Canada until you step outside of the party line, until you step outside what is ordained by the government, what's permitted by the government. And obviously, my family has been saying things that are contrary to what the government narration is, what their narrative is since, you know, 2004, 2005. So I grew up in a very different Canada, where the reality was that a pastor is arrested for feeding the homeless. A pastor is arrested for reading the Bible in a public park for for no reason, just because the police didn't like him, just because the politicians would use the police force to enact whatever they want, because we don't have an independent judiciary in Canada. Like you you saw with Christia Freeland right now, the Emergency Act was deemed illegal. And Christia Freeland is saying, well, we we respect the independent judiciary, but we're gonna we're gonna appeal this and basically force the court to overturn this. So we don't have an independent judiciary or an independent justice system in Canada. They do what the politicians want because the judges are appointed by the ruling party. Uh, the chiefs of of police, the sheriffs are appointed by the mayor, the government. So why would they go against their bosses, right? They're going to do what their bosses tell them to do. So we don't have an independent justice system in Canada. They do what the politicians want. When you see the justice system going awry, it's because the politicians are doing that. They're, They're behind it. So... I grew up in the Canada where that was the reality, where where my dad was constantly, and not just my dad, we had many friends that don't get that same notoriety, that don't get that same fame, where there's other Christians or other people that are just activists in Canada that were just completely hammered down by the government just because they vocally opposed the government, just because they, you know, their, their views don't ally with what with the government is deeming is acceptable and over the years that's what i grew up witnessing where government canada the canadian government doesn't allow freedom i didn't grow up with freedom as as a young boy that that was something that was foreign to me okay when a young boy 
looks at a police officer, they're supposed to have some sort of reverence, some sort of respect to a police officer. I did it because I, when I saw a police officer, I see a person who does the bidding of the government, who's going to actually say to my dad, hey, I am the law. I make the rules here. I'm going to arrest you for reading the Bible. Why? Well, what, what law did I break? Oh, no, just because I don't like you. You're offensive. Right. That That's the police officers that I grew up witnessing. So very different Canada to the reality maybe other Canadians face. But that's what happens when you're on the forefront of, of, of combating something that is leaking into society, that's seeping in, right? And that was soft communism, like my dad just explained. Soft communism has been in the works for many years. It doesn't happen overnight. Hitler, when he came to power and he enacted all his laws, uh, my, my dad was teaching me the other day, 2,000 laws, 2,000 little laws were passed against the Jewish people before actual, you know, concentration camps and segregation and the apartheid and the and the ghettos were built. So it, it takes a long time where they pass law by law, step by step, and then they enact whatever they want because they just got away with it. They legally did everything. And they create a system where it's all permissible by law. So it takes a long time. But Canada, this has been in the works for many years. Just many people didn't see it. But if you're on the forefront of that, you saw it. So that's the reality of Canada that I've been witnessing. And ever since COVID, I had to get involved with activism and fighting it on many different fronts because there's there was the COVID stuff, there's the gender stuff, there's the abortion stuff. There's many issues in Canada that people are not fighting for. So I, I did do the library thing and I was detained and charged and we had to spend a crazy amount of money on lawyer fees and and fighting that and constitutionally challenging. And then, and then they dropped the charges. So it turns out they just wanted to drag it on, waste our resources. And that's that's always their game, right? The process is the punishment. But, you know, thank God the charges were dropped, but the, the fight's not over because I, I don't see... In Canada, I see the pendulum swinging. Actually, all, all around the world, I see the pendulum is swinging. So every so many years, there's too much liberalism and they have to go back to a little bit of conservatism. And then there's too much conservatism and they got to go back to a little bit of liberalism. And they just switch back and forth, at least in the Western world, right? The UK, Canada, US. That's why there's a two-party system. And in Canada and around the world, I see that they're switching to conservatism a little bit, except they're not actually socially conservative. They don't stand by any moral values. They just stand a little bit more fiscally conservative, which is all people care about because they care about money. That's all Canadians care about money. So they want their conservative government now because it's going to be a little bit better economically. But they're the same when it comes to more moral standards. But they don't really see that that way. They just care about their money. They just care about their comfort. That's Canadian, the Canadian way. And I'm a little bit disappointed with like where we're going to get into with the Tucker stuff because, you know, the UCP, the the federal conservative party, they're zero percent socially conservative. Zero. They do not stand for the rights of the unborn. They do not stand for fighting against the gender stuff. They do not stand for the rights of the parents. And because conservatism is becoming a little bit more popular now, the pendulum is swinging. They're jumping on the bandwagon because that's what's going to get them elected and continue their their election cycle. So I'm a little bit disappointed that people are falling for it just because money. Like, okay, sure, money's going to be a little bit better but the country's still cursed because we're falling into this moral depravity. So that's the way I see Canada going. So there needs to be more people to stand up and actually remind people, hey, we're fallen. And it's not because of our economics or, or inept politicians. It's because we actually were morally depraved.
Yeah. And, and you bring up so many excellent points and you're so well spoken. I appreciate it as well as on the last show we had shared the video and I will drop this into the edit. So people get to see the video of you announcing to the members of European Parliament, at least the ones who showed up to hear your message, because at that point in time, a number of months ago, your father was facing 10 years in prison for domestic terrorism, for giving a 19 minute sermon at the uh, Coots Freedom Convoy, part of the Canadian Freedom Convoy. We're definitely going to get to those political prisoners, those men who are still without bail being held. But I just want to unpack this because this is a mirror, a playbook, which is upon the entire world right now, right? You literally have in Alberta, and let's go right to Tucker and Daniel Smith. And I can't speak for Tucker, but I can definitely speak as a Canadian who has witnessed there's no merit based whatsoever in being a politician, unlike the Americans who created the Constitution, right? You had business owners, family men, men of God who fought for the freedom as well as others. Yet you don't see that in any other Commonwealth country. And so with Danielle Smith, she had to have the ability to get these coots Ford freed, didn't. She could have freed your father, didn't. She could have stepped in with you and so many others as well. There are so many unnamed people as of yet. And I believe there's more that they've been suppressing. Actually, and- I actually did is thousands still, thousands of people that are subjected to the tickets from the Kenny's era, thousands still yeah. in court. And your and your era was 2005. That was the first ticket that your son referenced, Arthur, that you received for feeding the homeless in a city park in Calgary. Feeding homeless. You're feeding homeless people, and they started ticketing you and starting to arrest you. So we have just recently had the head of Alberta Health Services, Dr. Max, has posted, hey, listen, here's a seven-year convicted pedophile, serial pedophile, who was the one that installed the mandates, the vaccine passports, as well as the biotech weapon of the J&J, Moderna, Pfizer. And now you have a 500% increase in unknown deaths recorded. Even Alberta Health Services have missed this, and they just don't know why. And this Danielle Smith has done nothing that we've seen whatsoever. Again, going back to a merit-based system. We also heard just over the summer that potentially Sharia law it has been enacted in a town or a township in Alberta. And we've also heard from the five eyes agencies, maybe the good side, that there's a son of an ISIS or a Taliban leader who lives in Edmonton of all places, right? And as at least Tucker said on his recent show, Canada is basically, his words, importing a subcontinent of people. So as Americans now are looking at take back our borders down the southern border between Mexico, Canada is just flying in well-known terrorists. They didn't have to have a mask or a vaccine passport. They were exempt, just like all the politicians. And by the way, everybody, let's remember, it was only a few months ago where the entire parliament in Canada, all 380 members, stood up and applauded a Waffen-SS troop the man who is also responsible for literal genocide of men, women, and children and flame-throwing and torch-flowing on them. And they applauded that. But we still see the majority of the Canadian people, I think, gentlemen, it seems to me that they're just in a, a comatose state. Like, how, how do you not see this going on, right? And you got, you got to add that in Parliament, 
not just the liberals, because it's very easy to say, well, the bad boys, the liberals are the modern day Nazis, right? They are the, you know, modern day communists. But you have to remember that the entire so-called conservative caucus stood as well with Pierre Polyev clap. So he is the new savior. Well, Daniel Smith is the new savior of Alberta. Well, a person that marches in homosexual perverted parades, person that advocates for our murder of the innocent children, a person that doesn't want to protect really children, ends with few words here and there, a person that is not advocating for those that have been subjected to this tyranny. You got to remember, I was convicted by her court because she is a boss and people forget that. I, I don't understand why they don't understand. She is the boss of the minister of justice. She is his boss and she can have a meeting. She can pass laws. She has the majority. She can pass a protection. She can pass a law. She can reverse the damage that was done. She has that power. She can do it. So when I hear her constantly saying, there is nothing I can do, I just want to throw out the TV. I am so angry because this is just a plain lie. But what's more shocking to me is not that the politicians are lying. I'm used to that. I mean, by now, every time they talk, it's pretty much a big fat lie. However, I don't understand why people fall for that. That's a shocker to me. This government raped you and destroyed you for three years, and you're supporting the very beast, the rapist that was doing this to you, and that I do not understand. So we're dealing with people that have the power, then they say they don't. They only have the power to hurt you, but they don't have the power to bless you or to heal you. And when I was convicted, if this government was truly standing for what what they say now, like now, two days ago, the federal court declared that everything that was done to us was unconstitutional. Well, I was yelling and screaming that from the day one. Right, right. Now the federal judge declared that everything that was done to us was unconstitutional. Okay, fair, good. What I expect from the good politicians or so-called conservative politicians is to come on public and say, Mr. Pulaski, we're very sorry that this was done to you, and we're going to reverse the decision that now we know we're unconstitutional. We're going to vindicate you, and we're going to recompensate everyone that has been targeted for political reasons for standing for God and state-given rights. But of course, that doesn't happen because they are in it together. It's like it's like yeah. one coin. That's what people, that's what frustrates me the most. This is the same coin. It's Caesar's coin. Just yes. two, two sides of it is the same entity leading you to the same place. So now the conservative government says, Oh, we're going to give you money. We are going to bless you financially. We're going to revive the oil. And all of that is good. I want people to prosper. However, at what cost? Because we have walked away from anything and everything that is decent. And now we are just focusing on oil and money. 
And I'm thinking, don't you get it? That even if they take that money out of the ground, you will not be blessed because the land is cursed because of all those evil that is being done. Listen, we are murdering little children. Now the government is contemplating to assist 12 years old in dying. We used to save children. We used to protect children. We used to, you know, do everything in our power to lead the children into a prosperous and free life. Now we assist them in more there. We give them slavery in the form of fentanyl and it's free. This is insanity at the highest level. And somehow, yeah, standing ovation. You're a great lady. Awesome. Why? Because you're going to give us money. That's amazing. We're going to have five more dollars in our wallet. Who cares about the children? Who cares about God? Who cares about faith? Who cares about freedom? As long as I can have that extra five dollars in my wallet, that's insanity. That's history. Why every empire has fallen. And Tucker says, I'm coming to liberate Canada. So I really find it hard to believe. I mean, to me, it's all satanic, right? This is the this is my personal opinion of what you see. When you're handing out free fentanyl for kids, and December 29th, a provincial judge in British Columbia deemed it lawful. It's okay for drug addicts to frequent and live in public parks where children play because they need a place to. So Free cocaine, free fentanyl for kids, open the prisons, release the prisons of the terrible, most archaic and disgusting people on the planet, right? Rapists, pedophiles, give them the freedom to play, import mercenaries into Canada, import literal terrorists into Canada, give them immunity, pay them millions of dollars, and oh, by the way, we're going to profit when we harvest your organs because when you come in, I had a lady on a program recently, gentlemen, who said that her husband fell down the stairs a few months ago. He got a TBI concussion so far 20 times, 20 times the hospital and their primary care provider and their physician has offered him medical assistance in death. Like you're probably not going to get back over this concussion. Do you want to just die? 20 times. So going to a hospital to me is a killing ground. We literally have, I've introduced Scott Shara to SG and they're recording a show right now about the medical murder in the hospitals. I'd rather go to, if somebody cuts off my arm, I'd rather go to a veterinarian and have it sewn up, right? Than go walk into any hospital. And where we all are here too, as we go to talk about the incredible platform you gentlemen have, have put together locally and federally, Let's also remember, everybody, Castro, Freeland, and Jagmeet. And I say Castro because, to me, Justin Trudeau is a literal DNA-identical son of Fidel Castro. And we know with the orgies that they had, this was well-published by Trudeau, his first father or supposed father, who, by the way, coincidentally brought out the Emergencies Act in the 1970s when he was the prime minister. Christia Freeland is a direct descendant. Her father was a Waffen SS officer. She wrote, she wrote the biography to George Soros of him. And Justin Castro, his puppet master is Klaus Schwab. Same thing as Pierre Polybier, by the way, everybody. 
all, everybody has attended that World Economic Forum School. And Jagmeet Singh, for years and years, has been a wanted terrorist by the country of India. So you have somebody who is the second deputy prime minister of Canada, Jagmeet Singh, who is a wanted terrorist by the country of India. Fact checkers, go have your field day with that. So how we got here is because this is the Hydra, as you said, global Hydra, but it also has been insidiously placed upon our schools and our children. So if nobody's standing up from a comatose standpoint for themselves, as you so eloquently put it, hopefully they're doing so for the kids. And you have thousands of political prisoners, which Danielle hasn't even freed herself, but maybe now she's got the spotlight of Tucker, so she'll probably free them to try to win votes. That satanic pig as far as I'm I wouldn't concerned. I wouldn't hold your uh yeah. I know this woman for many years. We were in the same party, Wild Rose. Uh, when she abandoned us, the freedom movement, she crossed the floors because she was promised by the premier at that time, apprentice, that she's going to be the deputy premier. And she took about 10 of uh, our own MLAs, crossed the floor and effectively killed the movement. And that was 10 years ago or so. And now mm. she did the same thing with this election. And I, I just don't understand why people don't see that. I mean, there is a standing ovation, there is clapping, there is cheering, there is a call everywhere you look. She is the best premier ever. She's the savior of Alberta. And so Pierre Polyev. And yet I'm looking at this like, okay, what did she do? Excuse me, like uh, we're still in hell. There are political prisoners still as we speak right now. The due process is is rejected, neglected, abandoned. <laughs> still thousands of people facing tickets from the from the big attack on our freedoms. I'm still convicted terrorist because I gave a sermon to a hurting Canadians and the federal judge said, "Yeah, you had the right really to do it, but I'm I'm still no one is fighting for us. Not one. Listen to this. Not one single elected MLA or member of parliament, including your heroes, in quote, Daniel Smith or Pierre Polyev, is defending us. Not one single elected MLA, a member of parliament. That doesn't tell you anything. I, You know, just if they were really for freedom, the first thing, the first thing after the judge declared what he declared, it should be a phone call, public statement, a press conference, and a passing of the law. That's it. Everyone that has been subjected to this is freed, and we're going to reverse the decisions that were deemed unconstitutional. We're going to fix this. The politics did this damage. The politics can undo the damage. But that's not happening. That's my point. They're playing you like a fiddle. They're, 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 it's a game which somehow Canadians are not realizing that they're being played and it's going to cost you. Listen, my prediction. Or let, let's, let's go full force. I'll prophesy right now. You think you're going to have that extra $5 in your pocket. I'm telling you, you're going to be minus 10. A horrible, horrible things are coming for you, my 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 fellow uh, Canadians. You're going to lose your homes. You're going to lose your jobs. We are heading into an economical disaster. Fiat yeah. currency is going to be shaved. 
30%, then again 30%, your uh, dollar will not have as much power as it was, as it had yet, uh, last year. You're going to hurt. And maybe then, maybe when you go through a disaster, maybe when you will not be delusional that those people are not for you, maybe you will remember those that were warning you about those people. And maybe then you will cry out to God and, and say, God, we've messed up. Please forgive us and, and come back to our nation. Well said. Nathaniel Martin Luther King's famous quote, one of them is, those who turn a blind eye to evil are just as guilty of perpetrating evil. So we now have RCMP, Calgary Police Services, education systems, and obviously these politicians who have done so. Tell us what you're up to right now, both in Alberta and then nationwide. Yeah, well, well yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <clears throat> go ahead. Okay, well, so, so a few things. I've been working on trying to garner support from the youth because I, I can see there's a slight shift where much of the youth is really sick and tired of what's been going on. The fact that they can't disagree in school systems that they're they're forced certain narratives down their throats and that they just they can't disagree with it anymore so there's a huge shift in the youth it's it's slow though canadians are a little bit different they're a little bit slower so it takes it'll i think it'll take some time to really really get them to actually be active and mobile and obviously we have our our party so you know the election is in three years so we have time to grow the party and to really work on that. I think, like my dad said, it might take something really bad. It might take a disaster or something has to happen where the politicians currently in power have to expose themselves. There has to be some sort of realization from the public that these people are actually not for us. I don't care what politicians say. Daniel Smith and Pierre Polyev, they have a great talk. They talk the talk. They know how to talk and spin anything they talk amazingly i don't care what they say though i'm one of those people i don't care what a politician says i only care about what they do i do not care whether what they're talking about i don't even want to hear their words i want to see their actions i want to see what they do what policies are they putting in what are they fighting back against what are they pushing back against what are they forwarding that's all i care about when it comes to politicians and i think people are going to start to realize what actually what these current politicians and I, I think Pierre Polyev is going to be the next prime minister. And I think he's going to have to expose himself too. And when that happens, then good people will be able to actually take their place. But until then, I, I think Canadians just, they need, they need hardship because all they care about is money and comfort. That is the God of today. That is the idols of Canadians, comfort and money. And they're going to lose both. I believe in a very short period of time. Oh, yeah. And I want to touch on the lawsuit. And thank you for sharing that, too. You know, like I mentioned, merit based system, there are no politicians that we've seen whatsoever in Canada that have any merit to them. And the devil has a silver tongue, you know, so they can spin it whichever the way they want. You look back at their lack of action. That is turning a blind eye to evil. As people are being murdered, as people are being murdered, just as Hitler did, just as Stalin did, just as Mao did. Oh, and by the way, they allowed it to be ordered or they ordered the murder of those people. And so I'm looking at this right now. We have this freedom supposed thing from the federal court, which is all tied together. Devil has them all in his trap. Federal courts, provincial courts, municipalities, you name it. 
And Arthur, you have a lawsuit against them because now you're free, even though you're still deemed a domestic terrorist, the first ever to be charged in Alberta. Thousands of Canadians who stood up for freedom, lost their bank accounts, thrown behind bars without even without even a fair trial. Yeah. Are still sitting there today, like these men, Coots for and so many others. So what tell us a little bit about the lawsuit and how that may also help coincide with the solidarity campaign and how we can maybe wake up Canadians that this is the worst pain. And yeah, you're gonna be on the street in less than a year. Everybody, the way that I see it with economics. When I went to Wilfrid Murray University for economics, so apparently I got a little bit of something to say there, even though I think it's an indoctrination institution. But yes, the lawsuit. Well, here's here's an interesting thing. We did a press conference. I'll I'll get into that a little bit uh, later. And on the way back, usually I don't listen. I don't watch propaganda unless I want to know what the liars are saying so I can warn people. That's the only time I will listen or watch anything just to be able to counterattack that with the truth because they're pathological liars. We are witnessing state propaganda, just like I witnessed growing up uh, behind the Iron Curtain. There's no difference. I mean, listen to me. There's zero difference to what we had and what is happening right now in the so-called free democracy. And it's a shocker because I'm driving back from the court and I'm listening to a radio and a broadcaster says that 30% of Canadians will not have enough money to pay for the bills in January. And I, I was like, look, I just, I have been warning people for the past few years about the economy because you see people in Canada, they have the credit cards, they got the line of credits, they can remortgage their home and it will, for a while, it will look like everything is okay until one day, boom, and it's over. 30% of Canadians will not have enough money to pay for January's bill. This is, is happening, my friends. It has begun. And this is just the beginning. This is not the end. This is just the beginning because we are under a curse because of all the evil that we are allowing in our beloved country. So the four men in Kuds, I am the only politician right now in this province that is actually vocally speaking for them And you see, it doesn't matter, listen to me, if they're guilty or not. This is not about guilty verdict. They did not have the trial yet. We used to have a notion that innocent until proven guilty. We used to recognize that we cannot render a decision before everything is unfolded, all the evidence, witnesses, etc., We have to allow this that we don't know yet. Maybe they did it. Maybe they did not. But innocent until proven guilty, it was a must. That doesn't exist anymore. You're already guilty. Why? Because the mainstream propaganda says so. You're guilty. Why? Because the politicians say so. It doesn't matter what evidence do you have. You're guilty because you dare to oppose the government. So I'm advocating for them not... I I don't know. In the end of the day, I don't know. I'm not God. I was not witnessing any of the evil that they're being accused of. However, we let rapists, murderers, gangsters, 
drug dealers, you name it, on bail. And those men without criminal record are already in Riemann Center, which was never ever to be a prison. It was only a holding place for a very short period of time until you have your speedy process, your right to you know speedy trial, and then you're either guilty or innocent and you're sent to a proper institution. Riemann Center are not proper institutions. Look, I was in solitary confinement. I was in metal cages. I was on concrete. Those are not good people. They're not capable of you know, obeying the law of the land. There are bloody Nazis in those places. So those men are already punished before they even had their day in court. Because you got to remember, the trial did not happen yet. This is the mambo jumbo that we have been dancing around with the bail, with this, with the sealed envelope, by the way, which the judge said, I, I refuse for that envelope to be unsealed. We were told that when this document is unsealed, probably those four men will be able to walk free because of, you know, criminality between the RCMP and that liar, pathological liar, a bloody liar, Stephen Johnston, the Crown Prosecutor from the province of Alberta, from the Special Prosecutors Unit, appointed by the government to hunt down, literally like Gestapo of old, anyone that dared to oppose the government. So they are rotting there. Their bail was denied. I was the only person there that from political realm is vocally defending them and speaking for, you know, asking for a due process. No Daniel Smith is talking. No one is talking about them. No Pierre Polyev. They have sacrificed them like the goats, you know, to die. And those lives are broken. Their families, their children, their businesses, money, everything. They already spent, I think, one and a half million dollars and it got them nowhere. They're still in prison in a very hard conditions and nothing was done. So I was subjected to the same cruelty. I was subjected to this injustice. And as you remember, September came and I was facing 12 years of imprisonment. And because of the international pressure, I was let out 61 days time served. And I always knew from the very beginning that this time I was subjected to an illegal imprisonment attack on our rights and freedoms since 2005, like Nathaniel was saying. But I think this is the first time that I vowed to myself that I'm going to go after the villains, no matter what the cost is going to be. So I want to show you something that we have we have done. We filed we filed a document on yep. uh, December the fourth in the court of Alberta, and we are going after. Listen to this. We're going to uh, we're going after Attorney General. We're going after Alberta Health Services. We're going personally after Mark Newfield, the Chief of Police, and the entire Calgary Police Force. We're going after Jane Doe, John Doe of CPS, Calgary Police Officers. Yeah. We're going after City of Calgary. We're going after John Jane Doe people that we do not know yet. We are going after conspiracy. We're going after RCMP officers. Alberta of different government organizations. We're going after Riemann Center. The document, you can view it 
if you're interested, it's an almost 40-page document and took us months. Uh, literally, we are going after hundreds of different individuals, potentially thousands of different people in one of the probably biggest lawsuits that this land has ever seen. And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about the scope of the disclosure. Literally, we're going to subpoena the premier. We're going to subpoena the all kinds of different powerful people to testify. And guess what? They will not be able to say, no, we're not coming. We are going after the biggest guns in the country. And we are alleging, we are alleging right here on the page 17, we are going after corruption. We are going after malicious persecution, abuse of process, false arrest and false imprisonment, malicious procurement and execution of search warrant, all kinds of intentional inflictions, breach of privacy, unlawful discrimination, battery and assault. Remember, they put me in metal cages. They roughed me up. I had bruises for a month, all kinds of different things, cruel and unusual punishment. Uh, we're going after them for breaching duties of fairness. And the list goes on and on and on. Uh, we're going after uh, them denying me access to lawyers, confiscating my documents, uh, breaking my religious rights, you know, everything from the charter. I mean, this is massive, massive, massive. And immediately when we call the press conference, and here's an interesting thing, everyone showed up, all the snakes, the vipers and the scorpions, the, you know, the state of Uganda came wow. when they heard us. Someone somewhere there from the political realm said, put a cap on the story. We cannot allow the public to hear this. Do you see that? Because why? Because what did we say? We said, listen, if a little Pulaski's family without political power and money can do it, that means you can do it as well. Go after the villains and don't just go after the government, go after individuals. Let's file tens of thousands of law suits against those people. Let's name them, shame them. People have the right to know what kind of a monster is living next door. That's what scared them. And they put a cap on the story. And then I started to have those texts and phone calls of people, oh, you can't win with the government. Well, I won with the government before many times. So yes, we can. Also, they said they will take 10 years. I said, you know what? Until Jesus comes back, I am ready for this fight until the day I die. Oh, well, it's going to cost you a million dollars. Listen, I believe that Canadians deserve to know who did this to them. And I think the most important question is why it was done to them. Because I am telling you, through the proceedings, we will be able to uncover the sinister conspiracy plot that those people unleashed on peaceful Canadians for incentives and money. I believe that those people are paid. It's interesting that those crooked judges like uh, David Gates, John Rook, the crook, and others, immediately after they signed the documents, they retired. Come on. They were not that old. They retired because they got something that they could retire with. So we hope that we're going to uncover this. And what I know about human psychology is, and I watched that, remember, I'm a Polish immigrant. I watched that unfolding in 1988, 89, when the Iron Curtain was broken and the Berlin Wall fall. 
when you start going after the little guy, usually the little guys are going to give you the bigger fish. And then you just go from one to another. I believe when we start the process of discovery, this is going to be the most fascinating court case because we will go one after another, after another, after another. And you know what? If it takes a million dollars, so be it. That's where you can come in. You see, Arthur Pulaski and his family, we cannot do this alone. We've survived this because of the crowdfunding. If you want to be part of this, go to streetchurch.ca, streetchurch.ca, and chip in and help because we are fighting for you. Listen, watch, look at us as your shield. We are your shield between the villains and you. When we go down, if we will not be successful, guess what? You're next. You're next. They will come after you. They will come after you. This case is very, very important. So we got to keep plowing. I, I want Nathaniel to kind of give us his thoughts on the on the lawsuit because, you know, he studied criminal justice. What do you think? You read the document. You know what we are going. Explain to, to people a little bit from the legal perspective why it is important to go after those people, why justice requires restitution, why this case is so important for for so many you know reasons. I mean, giving people hope and 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 bring justice, which we don't have right now. But I would like to hear your analysis on this. Uh, you're muted. Let me uh, ask you to unmute. There you go. Oh, there we go. I don't, I don't want to get into the details of exactly what we're alleging because I know the lawyers don't want the the enemy side to get a upper hand and to actually hear about exactly what we're what we're planning and for them to have too he- too much of a heads up into their defense but this this lawsuit is important because it'll give the opportunity I, I don't know some people might be aware of like the like there was the the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial certain things can't be brought up until they're brought up in court. So certain documents will remain hidden forever until they're brought up at certain points in in time during a court proceedings. Then certain evidence can be brought to light. So in this case, because certain people will, will be subpoenaed, because certain names will be mentioned, because certain documents will be mentioned, because the Freedom of Information Act certain documents that have never been seen before will be brought to light during this trial. Things that are relevant, but also things that are a little bit out of scope, but also relevant to the case. So certain things that happened during the COVID pandemic, during talks behind closed doors, phone calls, orders to RCMP officers, like all sorts of things will come to light because of this trial. And then Canadians, Albertans will be able to know who was behind it and exactly what was the reasoning behind it. And this has a potential to open more doors and then more lawsuits. And then it it can just, it, it's going to expand and expand and expand. That's why when they say it could be a 10 year fight, it that's very possible because there's so many plaintiffs in this trial, because there's so many documents that have to be gone through. It's going to be a nightmare for everyone involved in, in the defense of this, because it's it's just a web and you pull on one strand and it just unravels another. It's, it's going to be incredible when this actually gets to court. I think the government and everyone involved in this is going to be terrified. I think they are very scared of this of this of this lawsuit and we'll see what they react how they react. 
I suspect that they're not going to want this to go to trial. I suspect that they're they're terrified or they're going to be burning, burning documents. But even that is impossible because there's so many people involved. There's so many documents. They, they can't even physically burn all of the evidence, but they're going to try. It's, it's going to be an incredible lawsuit. We're all excited. The lawyers are excited. We're in it for the long haul. But it's it's less it's not about the money this trial isn't about the money i mean obviously everyone involved hopes to get recompensation because justice demands restitution i mean so much so much money has been poured in because of the government the process is the punishment how many tens of thousands of dollars on on legal fees and the stress i mean my family having my dad in prison for 45 days in solitary confinement 50 days in total and all the arrests prior i mean 16 arrests to date I, there's a lot of restitution that i believe my family deserves but it's not about the money in this lawsuit where we actually don't care about the money in this lawsuit we care about the exposure we care about what this brings to light and that Albertans and Canadians will actually find out the truth behind this plot, who was involved, why they were involved, and how they were involved. Everything that will come to light from this trial will be very important. I think it's one of the most historical trials in Alberta's history, potentially in Canada's history. And we we do need help. We do need help in in funding this lawsuit because again, tens of thousands of dollars, you know, it could be millions of dollars if this if the government decides to drag this on for how many years. So we do need the help. And if you do want to help in, like my dad was saying, you can go to streetchurch.ca because this we're in it for the long haul. I want to add, I want to add something to this. Just imagine for a second, you know, close your eyes just, just for a brief moment and imagine the villains on a stand. Just, just picture that. Jason Kenney forced to testify, forced to answer our questions. That means your questions. Because you see, what they've done to us, to my family, to my son, to my wife, to my children, to my brother and his wife, to my parents, to our church, it was done to you. Imagine the opportunity having Hinsha on a stand, grilled by good lawyers, asking questions that every one of us has. All of that is worth every penny. And, you know, I find it fascinating. They always try to scare me. You know, you will be dead. You will be assassinated. You will be in prison. You this and this and this. You know, pack your stuff and the judge is bought and paid for. And remember all these fixers and the government trying to bribe me. But you see, I'm not for sale. <laughs> I have zero worry about finances. I know that I know that God called us to do this. And if God called us to do this, he's going to provide this way or that way. If people like you refuse to support us, God will find another way. You will miss the opportunity to be part of something extraordinary. But my God's hands are not too short. I have zero worry that one day every bill will be paid and we will be able to keep plowing this field. You see, the government thinks they think, and I had very interesting text. Someone was texting me fishing. I know it's the government trying to find out if we can afford this trial, if we have the means to fight. You see, they're, they're very foolish people. By now, I have fought them for 20 years, and I'm still standing strong. I survived the biggest attack on human liberty in this country 
and I am still here. I think I'm the only one from the freedom front that was put in psych ward against the, you know, without the knowledge of the Alberta Health Services, without the knowledge of, or, you know, of the doctors, evaluation of the doctors, completely illegal. I don't know anybody else ever to be put in a mental institution for speaking against the tyranny of the government. All of those things happened to me. Why are lawyers are so excited? Because the story of Pawlowski's family is a very well-documented story. We have hundreds of videos. We have conversations recorded, including with politicians, police officers. We have massive, massive archives of what was done to us, what was said from the very beginning, uh, the briberies, the, the blackmails, all those different things. I mean, can you imagine all of that being un, you know, unfolded within the process? It's going to be unbelievable. This is a Hollywood script, this story. And you know, be part of that because... If we don't do that, why it's so important to go after the villains? Because soon, maybe a year from now, maybe five years from now, some other villains will decide to do this to us again. You know, the, the disease X, I don't know if you heard this coming. They're cooking. They're constantly plotting something sinister against you. So a year from now, five years from now, some other devils will show up, different names, different faces. I will try to do this to us. Again, it's important to send a message to them. Look, you were coming after us, buddy. We're coming after you now. And we will uncover and we will let the people know and we will charge you. So that's why it's so important for good people to run for office so we can take back our country and so we can bring justice back to, to our justice system. And that's what excites me. I mean, I live for justice. I want the truth for the people to see uh, what's really going on. Government has an opportunity to do the right thing, but they're not doing it. Danielle Smith had multiple opportunities to do the right thing. She's not doing it because they are part of the system. Pierre Polyev is part of the system. Is the good cop and the bad cop? Well, they're all corrupted cops. <laughs> so, you know, you're not going to see justice. I mean, maybe for a while they will try to do some good stuff to justify why they were voted into the places of power. But Harper, remember, it was the conservative party that brought WEF to our nation. It was him that signed the Paris Accord. People don't get that. It was the conservatives that did this to us, not the liberals. And of course, I'm not advocating for the Nazi liberal party or the communist NDP. They are rotten to the core, demon-possessed, evil, wicked hell awaits them. But the conservatives are not far behind. They're not far behind. They're guilty. They're guilty as charged. I uh, look at the peers' statement after the decision, and I look at the NDP leader, and, and they're all like, you know, we always knew this was wrong. Where were you when we were bleeding on the streets of our city, fighting yeah. for our lives? Where were you? Where was the opposition, conservative opposition, during this greatest attack on our liberties? You see, people have tendency to forget I don't want to forget. Absolutely people not. say, people say, let's just move on. The politicians say, let's just move on. Listen, Nuremberg was important 
as a symbol. We need more Nuremberg trials around the world against those people, because if we don't go at least after some of them, we cannot talk about justice. Too many people died. Too many lives were destroyed. How can we talk about justice if we refuse to bring that justice to our society? This lawsuit is one of ways, one of few ways that we can actually try to bring some of sanity back to our our country, our province. That's why we're going after Attorney General of Canada. We're not just going after the little minions of Satan here. We're going after everyone that was part of this. And a civil litigation is it has more options than when you're defending yourself. So when you're defending yourself, only certain things are allowed. When you're suing those people, it opens Pandora's box for them. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of documents. And you see, when they come to me, they try to scare me. Oh, this is, you will never be able to do Listen, all the silver and all the gold belongs to my God. And I have powerful friends, powerful friends around the world, and they are billionaires. And if one day God will think that I need an extra help, I'm telling you, he's going to touch their hearts and they will send what is needed. At this moment, at this moment, I already gave um, the initial, you know, tens of thousands of dollars into the into the lawyers' hands. We're plowing. Yesterday, we had a meeting with the lawyers, and the enemy is about to be served. I think today or tomorrow, the enemy is going to be served uh, with this massive lawsuits. We filed in a court in December. In January, we are serving them. And the process starts. What I was told by our lawyers yesterday that the city of Calgary already responded and they said, we're ready for you to send us the documents. Everyone is on edge. I'm telling you, everyone is sitting like, oh, what is going to happen right now? What is going to happen? I mean, hell is going to be unleashed on you. And that comes, you know, I have this vision of this movie scene from Gladiator, Unleash Hell. We need to unleash justice, a real justice on the villains, and that will become hell for them. They are like cockroaches. When you bring the light, they run left and right. It's time to bring the light. Well said. And gentlemen, I've got another show to jump to. There's five today uh, that I'm doing to get this out, along with another Canadian patriot. Just like to add that the links will be right below the show description. Everybody watching the broadcast or listening to this on the podcast platforms. And in addition to that, the link for streetchurch.ca, that's where you can go donate. You can help, you know, vote with a few dollars. Every little bit helps, as well as the document that Pastor Arthur, you had just shared of the lawsuit that you guys are putting out there. As a final point on my side, you know, I've got the text messages here from Lee Dundas. She texted us 14 minutes ago as we're recording this, says, wants to say hello to you both, right? So everybody knows Lee Dundas, Freedom Fire Nation. So that's what I'm reading right off the the phone here. And in addition to that, Tracy Joe Jaco texted right before we came on, you know, wife of Michael Jaco, and we had all done shows together with him leading up to and to help shine a spotlight to keep you free, get you free. And then also for Nathaniel and Josh Alexander to share their stories. And, you know, they know about freedom so well, right? And that standing up. So they're literally driving right now to the Texas border to stand up to take back our borders. So this is what people need to do. You know, you can vote with a couple bucks. You can also stand up 
and speak out and be counted. And that's exactly what Jesus did. And if everybody remembers, you look at the logo in the Sovereign Soul Show, it's never changed. The O in Sovereign is a heart. The I is Archangel Michael's sword upside down, ready to be unleashed, to unleash hell. I love that scene from Gladiator too. And also when you look at the final mark of the soul, the O is the tree of life. That's the Garden of Eden right there. So God has been with us on the show. God is smiling upon you gentlemen and your families. And the key thing here is the hundreds of thousands of those in Canada alone who are part of this Hydra will all go down. All their names will come to light. All of them will have to face the public shaming and also the justice, the reckoning, which is brought through that around the world. And gentlemen, with this, I've got a minute left, and then I've got to jump on with my other guests and drop this show. So I want to thank you both for what you're doing. Would you mind leading us off with prayer? Maybe Nathaniel, being the son of Pastor Art Pavlescu, would you like to say a prayer and lead us off the show? And thank you, gentlemen, for being on here. You're welcome to come back anytime, and, and we keep it up, and we keep the fight going out there with the truth and love. Thank you. Yeah, sure, sure. So, Father God, we pray and we thank you that there, there are those that are still willing to speak the truth and that we have the opportunity to still speak the truth, that even though we are shadow banned and we face all these these terrible, terrible odds, that we're still able to do this and to speak the truth and to spread it. And I just want to thank you for the opportunity. I mean, the imagine the apostles now with, with the internet and with all the all these opportunities to spread light and to spread the truth i mean they would have they would have loved to have these opportunities so thank you that we are using this to to the best of our abilities and and thank you that we are able to fight back and to push back against the worst odds that our country has ever faced and that you are with us and that we are able to actually to actually create some change and to bring hope to people's to people's lives in in a way that we've never seen before in this country before. So thank you, God. And we pray in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, gentlemen. I'm on the show. Now I will send you the recording by tomorrow as well for yourself and let you know when it's up on the sovereign soul show. Thank you all you divine lions, lionesses for watching and listening and taking action. God bless everybody. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on the program. Ladies and gentlemen, please like follow, Subscribe, share this with nine friend family. And of course, if you enjoy our blinged Buddha firing red pills from his nine mil, let us know.